Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 13th of December 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 363. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. 11 days until Christmas, I've still not done any shopping like most years in this stage of my life. I just do it all on one day towards the end. It doesn't need to be more than that. For me, I've got about five layers on, I think, at the moment. I've dropped from eight layers at roughly 0800 hours this morning. I'm double-socked, long johns on, have removed the indoor hat. It's 10, 16 hours. It's a wet morning in South London. It has it has stopped raining. I'm due to go for a run as soon as I upload this. I've still got my trainers drying from Friday. They're stuffed full of newspaper at the minute. They're in this room. The heating's off though. No LFTs available online. I've tried to order some more. It's just a part of my life now. I'm guessing it's a part of your life. Just testing yourself two or three days a week. Hard swallow there. Still 10, 16 hours. Already got a hard swallow into this week's show. Might have to be uh, the new toilet bingo. It will be guess what minute or guess how many hard swallows I do each show. Maybe that might be a feature that takes off for this show. The PCR testing centre in Stockwell by the Stockwell War Memorial, the queues for that the last week have been uh, very unsettling to see that. I mean, I guess this was expected, wasn't it? We expected to be in this situation come December, but it's just... It's moving so quickly now, and you wonder what uh, what we're going to be, what situation we're going to find ourselves in after uh, after Christmas. I'm just trying to remain calm. I'm trying to just get on with my life now that I've gotten used to having things like the cafe back in my life, and uh, you know, meeting up with the odd friends, just having that back in my life, and chatting to people in the cafe, knowing what isolation entails. I don't think I could go back to that. I don't think I could handle uh, a full-on lockdown like we had. Uh, and I guess the advantage that we all had, especially those of us who were living on, uh, living on our own, at the advantage we had is that it was new to everybody. We didn't know what it was. We worked our way through it. Now there would be no surprises. I personally would find it very difficult to deal with that. Let's crack on with this week's show anyway. Uh, Last weekend, actually, no, Monday night. Yeah, last Monday, 6th of December, Everton were the Monday night game. Their fans are unhappy with the way the club are being run and there was a planned walkout on 27 minutes because it's 27 years since they last won anything. And this got me thinking, given the low downloads for this show week on week, just 38 last week, that I might have to Uh, walk out of my own show this week on 38 minutes to mark 38 weeks since I've had more than 38 downloads and uh, this does look like a long show 
this week. Running a dramatic drop in my distances in the last few weeks. I'm slipping and sliding all over the place. The cold is just something that I find very difficult to run in. Friday, I had to settle for a 6K. My Friday was messed up because I had an afternoon meeting. So it just meant that I had to, again, do an early morning run on the Friday. I got to the cafe around 1,300 hours, had a good session in there. Well, not as good as it should have been because I was having to message back and forth with my sibling who's uh, coming over uh, this weekend. Let's hope they don't uh, end up experiencing the same problems as uh, last Christmas when they had to fly back after three days. So I'm not enjoying the running at the minute. I'm also feeling the old injury, which is uh, worrying me a bit. I'm not sure if that's the weather or weather-related because, you know, uh, the, the, there's there's metal in there and, you know, maybe the cold makes it ache a bit more or it might be, you know, me, the fact that I'm having to run on the tarmac now because I'm slipping and sliding on the grass. The grass is very boggy. Or, it, you know, it could simply be that the running shoes are knackered. I've been using the cricket ball the last few days, rolling it under my foot to, to uh, ease the aching from the old fracture. Having that I'll swallow number two, 10, 20 hours. Having that surgery in the summer of 2018, as difficult and prolonged as the recovery was, was one of the best and most uh, most even important things I've ever done. It rejuvenated me physically, mentally. The, 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 well, maybe not mentally. That's, that's, that's optimistic on my part. If I damaged it again, the point is, if I damaged it again, I'd be devastated because I know how hard I've worked to come back from it and and the difficult road ahead to recover from more surgery. If my shoe hadn't been discontinued, you know, the running shoe has been discontinued, I'd have simply already bought a new pair, but I'm still trying to work out what alternative running shoes I can get. Got a problem, by the way, with my new hand gel, which is an import from the Gulf, my sibling brought it with them last Christmas. I think they're bringing me some more when they come next weekend. I finally got around to using this one. I think it's Dettol. Posted it on uh, Instagram. I think it's Dettol. Quite fragrant, very chemical smell. Uh, I'm not a big one for fragrances. There is a design flaw with the lid though. When you close it, it ejaculates. So I need to be careful in public because the ejaculate has a trajectory of two bus seats. I know this because it's happened a number of times now on public transport. What I'm doing now to minimize that distance of travel, when I close the lid, I'm drawing my right arm in and lowering the hand gel bottle so any ejaculate hits the back of the bus seat in front of me. So that's something that I had to move on pretty quickly because I I could see an occasion where if I hadn't done that, the hand gel might have got me in trouble because it does travel. It really does travel when you're closing that lid. Thursday morning, what was Thursday last week? Was that the ninth? Might have been the ninth. I was in the um, back in the clinic for physio. When, this is for the shoulder, when I went the first week, it was a fairly light workout and I thought well this is going to be pretty easy but they stepped it up because it's just four sessions they stepped it up last week and I was really sweating and struggling and I was the only one there wearing leggings I had my shorts on top of course to hide my modesty but I was thinking this week because it's so it's such a pain I have to then get changed in the clinic lose and I have to travel with newspaper which I then lay on the floor and I stick my, you know, I stand on there once I remove my shoes and then I put my clothes on there. There's nowhere to hang the coat either. They've got these 
hooks, but my coat is too heavy for the hook. So I have to... Actually, what did I do last week? No, I kept the coat on as I was getting changed. But it's just such a pain. I'm thinking, or I was considering just going in with jeans next week. But I've seen the guys who are ahead of me in terms of uh, how far they're into their four-week sessions. And the sessions do get, they do step up dramatically. They've got you doing press-ups, etc. I mean, I do press-ups at home, but I'm you know, not doing them in jeans. So I don't know. It may be that I have to, again, go in with leggings. I had long johns under the leggings last week as well because I remember walking out. It's the first time I've walked anywhere dressed normally except for the leggings. And the first week I did that, it was uh, really cold. Productive week last week, working on the short film and uh, working on the stand-up stuff. And I've got a couple of sets, new stand-up sets. But the issue now is, well, where am I going to do this stuff? I know that gigs are still going on and I've checked with people who, who uh, perform and go to gigs themselves. And I'm hearing that the audiences have to be masked up, which is fair enough. But I don't quite understand how that works because it's hospitality too. And normally with a stand-up gig, you've got people drinking, the audience are drinking. So how does that work? I don't know. Very strange times. Had a good week in terms of football interviews last week. I've done three in in the last, I think, 10 days. Got another one tomorrow. Still got to finish a book ahead of my last interview. I'm just checking my list, which is eight days away. So I've not got much time for that. I don't want that to be my weekend preparing that for next Tuesday. But these interviews were really good. I'm trying to get another episode out this week, which is a big one. One of the biggest guests I've had on. So I'm just trying to get some momentum because I do think the idea is a winner, but I've just got to try and enjoy it more. And uh, it's not easy to do when you just bulk down in all the editing. Friday sighting. That's uh, really confused with my days this week. Friday was the 10th, wasn't it? Stockwell Road. I think approximately 12.33 hours. There's a hunched old bloke, really as hunched as you can get, where his head is just completely facing down. Just looking down at the floor, he can't do anything with the head. He's a very distinctive character, dresses really well, always wears fancy hats, which I, and I'm not um, being, uh, not mocking the guy here. Genuinely, I don't know how he gets those hats on, how he gets them to stay on his head because they are wide brimmed hats. So that we're not talking a beanie hat, which is likely to grip to the scalp better. This guy's probably in his 80s. He was um, standing by the stop, bus stop southbound bus stop by the skate park he's a regular on the 322 so i've been seeing him for years his head of course was just down he has a one of those um three wheeler walkies and he had a wide brim no he didn't have a wide brimmed hat that that's uh the whole point of this anecdote is that he was wearing a christmas hat so he was wearing this bright red christmas hat and those aren't easy to keep on obviously i'm speaking as a forceps size uh head delivered guy but Christmas hats even if you've got a small head I don't think they're easy to keep on especially when your head's effectively upside down so I was just wondering how he keeps that hat on and also as one of the buses was coming I think there's four buses for that bus stop or five might even be six how does he know which is his bus that's a genuine question how does he know yeah poor guy but you know he gets about he lives his life 
And uh, fair play to him, because that's the kind of thing I'd probably struggle with if that was uh, me. Books, that, uh, that site entailed off. Books this week, well, I'm still reading The Wonder by Diana Evans. Uh, kind of, not really enjoying it, but uh, two-thirds of the way through, got to see it out. It's, uh, it's not one of the worst books I, I've read in recent weeks. There are other candidates for that. This week, I'm treating myself to Sherlock Holmes and the Three Winter Terrors, James Lovegrove, the pastiche Holmes stories that I love, A Guilty Pleasure. And, uh, you know, James Lovegrove is one of its best exponents. He often marries the whole Sherlock Holmes canon with a bit of Lovecraft and he's he's very very good this is a hardback so I was never going to buy it I don't like hardbacks as you know I picked up this book from uh, one of Wandsworth's libraries it's just come out in the last uh, five or six weeks I think I'm the second one to borrow it I slipped up there I should have reserved it far sooner and it would have effectively been a brand new book I picked it up on Friday evening I was already traveling with the wonder in my bag, which is another book from Wandsworth Libraries. But after picking up a couple of books that I'd had reserved, I'm just trying to find my notes here to see if I've got the other books that I had reserved. No, I haven't. I remember one of them was obviously the James Lovegrove one, but I had The Wonder in my bag. And then I went to browse. As I went to browse, the crime fiction section is by The Exit, and the alarm went off. And I thought, I wonder if these reserved books have been properly scanned by by the guy who picked them up for me so eventually i borrowed another book i went up to uh went up to the counter to to say to the guy i think there's a problem with one of the books i actually thought the wonder was a lambeth library book but it's actually a wandsworth library book so i'm thinking why are the alarms going off the guy there the librarian there is a guy, he's in there frequently, he's a very unsettling guy, he must be in his 60s, he's got uh, long, wispy white hair, bald in the kind of hairstyle that you don't see anymore, kind of mullet. He was wearing a very striking royal blue velvet jacket, he's got very strange teeth, a long jaw, he, he just looks creepy, basically. There's no other way to put it and he's got a very unusual manner and the thing that really does it for me he's got long really long fingernails very well manicured I don't think that's a great look for any guy regardless of uh, gender sexuality whatever I, I just it unsettles me unless you're a musician there is no need for a guy to have really long fingernails and yeah I don't really like dealing with him so I said to him this is an issue. I'm not sure if any of the books, have, if, if one of the four books I've got on me has needs to be rescanned. I had my books in one of my bags for life, which is on its last legs three months after I uh, bought it. And he really groped the books, groped the bag. He was handling everything. I was thinking that this bag for life is going to end up with its own Me Too hashtag. I just thought this is really bad because I'm traveling with this bag now and I can hand gel right now, but I'm still having to hold this bag, which he has excessively handled. There was no need for him to handle this. He took charge of the bag after scanning the books and saying, no, there's no problem with the books. And he walked out of the library dramatically to try and establish which book it was. And at one point he was walking so far out past the entrance. I thought, where's this guy going? Is he coming back? Who's going to close the library 
he was really enjoying the moment, a real moment of drama for him. He he returned, and then what he did is he explained, well, what's happened is that there are, say, like any borough, there are 10 libraries within that borough, but each library has its own different system. So one library may have scanned a book, but another library within that same borough isn't going to recognize it, and that's what's triggering the alarm. So the issue was the the no, that was it. The issue was I've almost got that right. That the Lovegrove book had been had been transferred from another library. I think it might have been Wandsworth Town, been transferred to Battersea Library, which is my normal pickup point for Wandsworth Library books. Uh, but the the systems don't tally with each other, and that's why I was having the problem, and the alarm was uh, being set off. Anyway, more importantly, let me tell you, let me give you the blurb for the book. A beautifully presented sinister seasonal mystery from the acclaimed author of Sherlock Holmes and the Christmas Demon. So this is my seasonal reading. Every year I try to read uh, festive-themed books and uh, this is it for me this year. 1889, the first terror at a boys' prep school in the Kent Marshes. A pupil is found drowned in a pond. Could this be the fulfilment of a witch's curse from 200 years earlier? 1890, the second terror. A wealthy man dies of a heart attack at his London townhouse. Was he really frightened to death by ghosts? 1894, the third terror. A body is discovered at a Surrey country manor. Hideously ravaged is the culprit, a cannibal, as the evidence suggests. I'll swallow 10.33 hours. These three linked crimes test Sherlock Holmes's deductive powers and his scepticism about the supernatural to the limit. I'm about 60, 70 pages in, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this book. Episode 363, Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegfacebook.com forward slash DRT available. So little control over that Facebook group page. It's uh, being told that I might have to create a new personal account just to override these issues. It's not easy for me to post anything on there. If you're one of these people who occasionally sends me direct messages on Facebook, do please be aware that I I often, more often than not, I don't see them and I can't respond to them easily. So usually I don't respond to them. If you want to drop the show an email, you know how to get me here. Still feeling slow today despite uh, four coffees. Uh, One of the reasons I'm looking forward to finishing this is because I do need another coffee. Find all my work at uh, DanielRuizTizen.com, he said, resuming the show. And of course, there is the Patreon page that keeps this show returning, patreon.com forward slash DRT available. Appreciate those of you who continue to support the podcast. It allows me to continue bringing this uh, work to you. A Howard Hughes shout out to Simon at Big Green Books. If you're looking for stocking fillers and you want to support an indie bookshop, Simon can get hold of any books so long as... It's in print. Find him on Twitter at Big Green Books and his site is biggreenbookshop.com. The fact that I've revealed last week just had 38 downloads, he may think, well, what's the point in actually giving me a shout out and plugging my website? Who's going to buy a book from this guy via his show? Hey, it's there. Be nice to support anything indie, indie creators, indie bookshops. Let's go old school. 
Don't forget to daily until Christmas Eve. Remember, I don't bother with the Christmas Day of no interest to me. Daniel Ruiz Tyson's Advent Calendar featuring cameos from Filth D. That's out every day via Holdfast Network and Apple Podcasts. Do rate and review if you can. Three reviews in seven years. What is that all about? Even for me, that is disgraceful. Some show housekeeping now, a correction to report from a certain... Mickey Boyd. Let's uh, let's just give him time to pull over and uh, unbelt himself. Seatbelt, I'm referring to, you dirty buggers. He got in touch to correct me on his chest size. I actually did him down by four inches on episode 362. It's 48 inches, not 44 inches. Just in case, because I know this did hurt him, if you listen to the show, maybe just include him on a tweet at Boydy71 and just uh, acknowledge that uh, you've taken on board that he is in fact a 48-inch chest, not 44-inch chest. I think that's probably going to be the easiest way to uh, resolve this. He is a powerful man. I sent my first Christmas card out last Wednesday, second class, still pricey, 66p. Big queue in the Brixton post office, homeless guy I recognise, tried to elbow bump me as he sought money for a chicken sandwich in his words i saw him invading my space and uh, i stepped back he was uh, he was unmasked i was masked up i was actually waiting to post my second class letter there was a woman standing by the uh, the post box outside brixton post office and she was taking a while and i in the end i just uh, to get away from this guy i just said to her, look uh, excuse me did it without stuttering. Excuse me, can I just post my letter? And uh, she stepped back and I posted my letter. I don't think that story has added anything to this show. So let's move on. Let's give you my nectar point. Still plenty to to get through. My last trip to Sainsbury's was actually five days ago. I'm going there this afternoon. Need to get some uh, yogurt. Need to buy so many things as well. Things like baking trays. I've got to blitz the flat clean before my sibling comes. I hope that they can stay for Christmas this year because it left me very low last year when they actually had to leave three days before Christmas because uh, there was there was otherwise going to be an issue getting back to the Emirates. So I'd rather be on my own all the way through Christmas than uh, go through that again, even if it means clocking a, a fourth consecutive Christmas on my own. It's just another day. Obviously, I'm going to have real problems fulfilling uh, the Christmas Cup Star Wars football fixtures. I have uh, told them that there are fixtures to fulfil. They remember Star Wars football well from uh, from the 80s. Now, actually, originally, here's a, here's a little fact. I, I should have saved this for the Star Wars football bit because I'm coming on to that shortly. But originally, well, the official name of the Christmas Cup was actually their initials, my siblings' initials. I named it after them, but it became the Christmas Cup because it was first played in Christmas 84. And then I just kept it as an annual thing. There was a Summer Cup briefly. I remember Hoth winning it in 86 when Pruneface had just joined and I think he scored five goals in that tournament. But the Summer Cup really never got going. It's the Christmas Cup that's arguably the most, uh, well, the sexiest uh, club competition in Star Wars football. Completely lost my thread now. Yes, I need to buy a shower mat. I need to buy a baking tray. I think the microwave is busted, um, which is a big deal. If you're microwaving pies many evenings a week, the oven door's busted. I've got to do a load of cleaning. This place is uh, just finishing me off. It's going to be a very busy week. 
Right, Nectar points. So my opening balance going into Sainsbury's last week was 5-3-1. I actually, I was going to buy, um, well, I did buy a spare bed and if I'd bought it from a different place, I would have got 65 Nectar points, but uh, they were out of stock. So I had to go via Robert Dias and no Nectar points offered there. Points balance was 5-3-1. I earned five points. I bought a yogurt, uh, two pints of semi-skimmed milk. I've got a massive block of ice in that fridge. I, I just don't know what's going on with the fridge in the summer. All my milk and dairy stuff goes off in the winter. It's uh, it's like the Arctic in there. I'm going to have to take a hammer to it later once I know my downstairs neighbours are, are out. Bought, no, what's that? No, blueberries. Yeah. My blueberries are keeping well, actually, since I stopped buying them from Lidl. So I go Asda or Sainsbury's now for the blueberries, and uh, they're very good. Uh, some uh, Bought some more Halls sugar-free lozenges, a uh, couple of bananas, uh, single loose bananas, 32p. That's quite pricey, really. I think that would have been about 24p in Lidl, and I bought a beef and onion pie. And uh, my new points balance is 536. My points are worth £2.68. I don't think that's going to be enough to get a baking tray, but a man can dream. eBay News, I sold a book. Need to try and post that later. I'm hoping that I've got the postage costs right and that I don't get, don't find myself uh, eaten into the profit margin for that book. I still haven't sold a Star Wars figure. I still haven't uh, uploaded all the Star Wars action figures that I bought. That's the problem, I guess, with being bipolar, uh, um, self-diagnosed, by the way. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, this is the way forward. This is the way to finance the writing career. eBay, sell on eBay, buy and sell on eBay. I'll be okay. And uh, two weeks later, I'm trying to move on to the next thing. Star Wars football. Let me give you the results. It's been such a busy week, partly because I, I know my siblings coming. Um, Christmas Cup, first leg, quarterfinal first leg. I think this was the last fixture from the first legs. X-Wing nil, Rebels won. So that meant that Rebels, I'm just going to have to tick this off because I've got so many notes for, uh, notes for these games. Rebels have scored two back-to-back wins against Champions League opposition in Tatooine. That was in the FA Cup. They beat Tatooine 2-0, uh, 2-0 even, get my diction right. And uh, Wonder Woman, their goalkeeper, was sent off in that game after a brilliant performance. Tom Smith, uh, who was a kinder egg present in the early 80s, well, surprise in the in the early 80s, and he was the understudy keeper for Death Star for years. He's with Rebels this year. I think he's going to be joining one of the two new clubs coming into the league for Silver Age Season 7. He came on anyway in that game against Tatooine and saved a penalty. Um so they've beaten Champions League opposition in Tatooine and now X-Wing in the first leg of the Christmas Cup at X-Wing. That was a bad defeat at X-Wing. And what's more, Rebels hadn't conceded a goal. The next game, League Cup semi-final first leg, Hoth travelled to Tatooine. Hoth, the holders, remember, Tatooine beat them 2-0. Goals from Jedi Luke and Medical Droid against his former club. Jedi Luke now has 13 goals this season, 29 across two seasons. He's almost at the level of Bosk in Silver Age seasons, three and four when Bosk got 35 across all competitions. And in terms of this season, Jedi Luke's uh, 13 goals leave him just three behind Besbin's Bosk, who is now on 16. I'll come to that in a minute. His penalty in the Christmas Cup was his first penalty of the season. Phenomenal, phenomenal striker. And this is the big news in the other semi-final of the League Cup. First leg at Besbin. Besbin unbeaten in 16 games. 
Eight seconds from time they slipped to their first defeat of the season. A brutal loss, a header from sub-IG88. Just eight seconds from time. Can you believe that? A lovely flick with the outside of the right boot from fellow sub-Spock. And uh, there was no coming back from that. Bears being fell just two games short of Tatooine. Silver Age season two record of 18 unbeaten games now back to the christmas cup the second legs very quick turnaround this as i say i'm gonna have to get the semi-finals out of the way both legs before the sibling comes and then on christmas eve hope they go out at some point and uh, play the game hopefully it won't go to extra time that's the last thing i want is uh, sibling walking in seeing a middle-aged man crouched on the floor playing with star wars action figures Empire, this was an epic game. This was possibly the best game of the season. Empire were trying to overturn a 3-0 deficit from the first leg against Hoth. Empire, of course, the holders, they took the game to extra time. A penalty from R2-D2, his second of the game, just three minutes uh, from the end of normal time. Took the game into extra time. It was Empire 3, Hoth 0. And then a soft goal conceded by General Riken, who's really been out of sorts recently. Made a mistake in the first leg as well. Goal from Pruneface slipped under his body and Hoth went through 4-3 on aggregate. So that's the holders out. In the other game, the favourites, Tatooine, struggling because the first leg was a 2-2 home draw with Death Star. Death Star, remember, the only team of the eight Star Wars Football League clubs who've never got to the Silver Age era Christmas Cup semi-finals. Death Star beat Tatooine 1-0, a goal a minute after the break from 2-1-B gave them a 3-2 victory over Tatooine. And you can now, I think the, 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 the lack of depth and experience in Tatooine's squad this season is all too apparent. So in the space of a few days, they've gone out of both the FA Cup, where they were the holders and aiming for a third successive win. And now they've gone out of the Christmas Cup. So, uh, so, so even, so, so, so. The holders and the favourites are both now out of the competition, Empire and uh, Tatooine. Alderaan... They were at home to Besbin 0-0 from the first leg, but would Alderaan pay the price for not getting an away goal? Well, the answer was yes. A minute and a half before halftime, Bosk got that penalty I mentioned earlier, his 16th of the season to give Besbin a 1-0 lead going into the break and uh, an away goal. And uh, Alderaan, five minutes after the break, got an equaliser, an outstanding goal from Leia. Nikto, the defender who's played really well, was sacrificed at half-time as uh, Alderaan knew that they needed two goals. Bespin held on for a 1-1 draw and they progressed through to the semi-finals, their second of the Silver Age in the Christmas Cup. They went out to Rebels, eventual win, uh, sorry, Rebels were runners-up. In uh, the 2019 Christmas Cup, Besbin had gone out to them in the semi-finals, so Besbin now make it to the semi-finals. And here we go. Probably the most eagerly awaited game was Rebels, and uh, I think most people expected it to be a formality. Rebels at home to X-Wing, 1-0 up from the first leg. But uh, disaster for Rebels. Wonder Woman again sent off, again after some spellbinding saves. She was sent off. They were down to seven men. Beardy, their substitute keeper, came on, put in a solid performance too, but X-Wing were 1-0 up to take the game into extra time. Lobot had missed a late, uh, no, a second half penalty, nine minutes from time, from the end of normal time that could have put them through. It was saved by Hoth, Luke, the young X-Wing keeper. 
And then Kylo Ren, Ray had originally scored, uh, had opened the scoring for X-Wing. Kylo Ren, the substitutes. Again, another assist from fellow sub Spock in extra time, first half of extra time. Kylo Ren effectively put the game beyond uh, Rebels with a brilliant goal. But then one of the goals of the season, ZX Infantryman, the injured action force figure, he scored an absolute stun of Rebels. But X-Wing hung on to go through on away goals. So there's no team... That's actually the end of the Star Wars football fixtures. There's no team. I've got to bring you the draw. Let me just try and find that. There's no team in that semi-final. Well, Death Star aside, who can say that they've put together really impressive form in this competition yet. You've got two teams who've gone through on away goals. You've got one team who scraped through by the skin of their teeth. That's Hearth. And then you've got Death Star, who won uh, both games. Where is the draw for the Christmas Cup semi-finals? Here we go. So the draw, actually, before I give you give you the draw even, as happened last Christmas, here's another coincidence. Both the previous season's finalists have been knocked out in the quarterfinals this year. Last season's finalists, Empire and Aldron, both knocked out. Last year, it was Tatooine and Rebels, the 2019 finalists, both knocked out. It is the curse of the Christmas Cup in the semifinals. Uh, X-Wing hosts the first leg. They've been drawn against Death Star. Uh, this was a Champions League clash last year in the quarterfinals. Death Star edging out X-Wing. X-Wing had beaten Death Star in the League Cup final the previous season. And in the other semi-final, Bespin face Hoth. Bespin are the favourites. So we could be looking at a Cloud City final derby or a repeat of the 1984 Christmas Cup final. X-Wing v Bespin still regarded by many as the greatest Star Wars football game ever. That was X-Wing who won through on penalties. Hard swallow, 10.52 hours. Hoth have now made it through to three consecutive Christmas Cup semifinals and X-Wing have now reached a record four semifinals in a single season. Right, let me get my notes together as we travel to the cafe. I only use them irregularly now, which is good, but still my sweeteners do travel with me to the cafe i just wish the dispenser wasn't such a bright yellow ideally it would be some sort of denim color so as i take it out of my jeans pockets always the right pocket the dispenser would effectively be camouflaged last monday needing a pick me up i reverted to sweetness for my second latte and ended up losing three tablets which really disappointed me I dispensed them after ordering my coffee, making sure they're hidden and ready to drop and stir in as soon as the tall glass arrives. But because they're so small, oftentimes I actually lose them. And this time I lost three. I hope that they're not found after I've gone and, uh, you know, the waiters share a laugh at my expense. Oh, look at this guy with his with his sweeteners. Doesn't want to use the cafe sweeteners. Look, he's lost three today. Otherwise... In the cafe itself, a glorious week of lattes from Seb K. Very subtle quality to them. None of that tricolour nonsense. Interesting tall glass placements from the beard. My throat is going. The beard has a great 80s mullet. Now, a bit of a Richard Maidley going on. It's a classier mullet than the mullet himself. I wonder if he's hanging on to this while the mullet is currently without the mullet. Because when you're working with somebody, you don't want to duplicate a colleague's hairstyle. You know, you might see their hair and you might think, oh, I wish I had that. You don't really want to do it while they're there. That might irk them. 
when they leave, that might be the opportunity to do it. Anyway, I digress. The Beards Talk last placements lately have been hard to second guess. I might need to create to create even some sort of graphic like they do on Monday Night Football to show you where his last 10 tall glasses have been placed. Last Monday, he placed it right in front of me between the laptop and the edge of the table. That was quite uh, precarious. There was... Uh, Another former waiter in the cafe last week, he's an irregular, but his wife is a regular customer, has been since he was in the cafe in the mid-noughties. He stood out back then for being the waiter with the best English. He had that annoying American English accent, you know, the MTV Europe uh, VJ thing. He's now bearded, as are so many of us. I sometimes wonder what the old waiters make of me when they drop in on, uh, you know, drop in on the cafe and he would have remembered me because from late 2002, I was in there with laptops working away and I was still in there two decades later with a laptop. While I'm noting how they might have aged, they might be doing likewise with me or maybe they're not. Monday afternoon, I heard prolonged laughing from the waiters and I like hearing that and I'll tell you why I like hearing that because... I think the current cast of waiters are the best they've had in years. I miss Southpaw, arguably their most uh, their most affable waiter in all my time there, that 2013-15 era waiter with the low-slung, tall-glass delivery style. But when I hear these waiters laugh, it fills me with hope that none of them are unhappy enough to, to leave. Tricolor, if they took him off for coffee-making duties, I'm happy for him to stay. Otherwise, him aside, I'd want this uh, this current bunch to continue for longer. Wednesday, 8th of December, someone ordered garlic prawns at 15.43 hours. That is a long time to be reeking of garlic. What's this say? Oh, this is my note about uh, the microwave being busted. Don't need to worry about that. Don't know what it's doing there. Thursday, 9th of December, I was in the cafe by... Speaking to the mic, Daniel. I was in the cafe by 9.30 hours after the physio. Uh, not mixed table wasn't available when I came in. I took up the unwanted single central table. Morocco came in. We exchanged good mornings. He sat behind me. As soon as the couple at not mixed table left, Morocco, who was coughing a lot, jumped on it. Originally sat parallel to me, he was angling for small talk. I shut that possibility down as I needed to get on with my writing. He then reseated himself opposite me and I tried to avoid any eye contact. Early Jim came in, we exchanged hellos. He wouldn't sit with Morocco, clearly because of the escalating Omicron situation. People are understandably spooked. Friday afternoon, Friday the 10th, a trio of young English middle-class males, graduates probably uh, talking about snowboarding and skiing, arrived in the cafe for a big Christmas meal. They sat by the toilets, obviously. They didn't know that uh, it can be pretty dangerous sitting there if you're having a meal. The loudest of the three asked the, uh, asked the mullet, what's that big skewer of meat thing? The mullet pointed that out on the menu to the meat on skewer, ordered it, Ordered some sangria too, which uh, prompted much excitement among his friends. He also told his friends that later that day, by the way, he had a very pronounced uh, cleft chin. Um, he told his friends he was going whiskey tasting in Shoreditch later that day. Do you know much about whiskey tasting? Asked one of his uh, one of his pals. I will do later, he replied to much laughter again. At some point, the salad cutlery on their table was dropped 
the mullet was immediately at the table to pick up the cutlery and replace it. They're very quick at responding to dropped cutlery audio. I was in the cafe on Saturday morning for my uh, favourite writing session of the week. I hadn't slept at all, so I was up at those 700 hours. I was the first in the cafe, as I usually am on a Saturday. No, actually, I wasn't. What am I talking to you? What am I... Uh, let's start again. I wasn't the first in the cafe because let me tell you who was in the cafe when I got there. It was the Chinfishers, Mr. and Mrs. Chinfisher, looking like George Clooney these days, Mr. Chinfisher. Very grey, very glamorous, that chin, that cleft, now with a bit of grey stubble embedded in that groove. I led on the greeting, they uh, mourned me back. I grabbed my table, not Mick wasn't in. We don't need no education. Uh, is it Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd was uh, was playing? Uh, Phil Collins had... Uh, Phil Collins brought over my first latte. Lovely latte. She does make good lattes. I held off on my toast order until Seb K turned up. And uh, once he was there, then I ordered. He arrived at 086 hours. Seb K arrived at 086 hours another regular arrived they led on the morning not sure if she'd mistaken me for someone else because she's never done that but it was a nice moment aha were then playing uh, take on me a song i don't really like i think they did far better songs and i don't particularly like songs that become an anthem for a band but uh, she was humming and she was keeping tune and then she was humming something else so the 80s were clearly her era so i think now even though she might have been mistaken in terms of her greeting, in terms of thinking maybe I was someone else, next time I see her, I'm going to greet her too. Although I have a theory. I think that people like me, well, less so these days, to be fair to me. I'm, I'm a bit more open in the cafe these days, less reserved. That's that's the pandemic has done that, as I've said to you now and many times. But I think on Saturdays, people who don't normally say morning will morning now because they're aware that this is a big departure. This is not a weekday. This is us going to the cafe on a weekend when most people might still be in bed, but the place means so much to us that we have to be there. We all go in there. We're all aware that we probably share similar feelings towards the cafe, and it's almost an acknowledgement that we do, you know, this hello. So uh, I'm going to try and maintain that hello when did I speak to the... I can't remember if I told you... No, this was Friday. There was a single crutch woman. The woman in her probably mid-70s. We've started talking recently. She's the one who told me that I really need her to sit at a table with a wall because I've got so much stuff with me when I'm writing. And uh, we got chatting. She was meant to be going to Wales this week to stay with her daughter. She doesn't know she's going to be able to because of the change in situation with uh, with with the virus. And uh, we just started talking about the government and uh, Boris Johnson, full name and in both of us. Well, actually, no, she didn't. And I do think that is a problem. I, I think this, in a way, played a very small part in this man getting to power because by first naming him, it was like, oh, he's a buffoon, but isn't he very funny? And this might be uh, quite an experience having this man as PM. And uh, yeah, I never first name him. I uh, don't like that level of over-familiarity, particularly with someone who I think is clearly the worst PM there's been in my lifetime. And uh, we were talking about uh, the previous night's news night. Faisal Islam had uh, led with a very funny line 
about the PM becoming uh, a father again, and he said for at least the seventh time, which was uh, very naughty of Newsnight, but very, uh, very funny as well, because I think most of us are thinking the same thing. This guy, it's as if he's trying to save the human race on his own with the amount of uh, late Victorian era breeding he's uh, he's doing, and I'm sure he's not done yet. Can't be. I don't. He's got to be on Viagra. I don't think a man of his age can be that uh, potent without some medical aid. Anyway, um, single crutch woman, she said to me, I call him Boris the Bonker. And of course, Bonking Boris was uh, in the early, eight, no, late 80s rather. That was Boris Becker, who was uh, known as uh, Bonking Boris by the... Uh, tabloids during the peak of his uh, fame. Not Mick arrived in the cafe on Saturday morning at 08.24 hours. Sorry, confused, uh, if I've confused you, back to Saturdays. Now that exchange with Single Crutch Woman was on Friday afternoon. Not Mick arrived at 08.24 hours. Then he ordered uh, decaf americano from uh, Seb K. No, please. As usual, he uh, took the Fisher's table after they uh, left around 8.15 hours, 08.15 hours. I ordered toast from Seb K. at 08.28 hours, paid off decent portion of toast, fresh bread, and uh, it was delivered by Phil C. I don't know if she might have been thinking, well, this is a bit too generous. I wouldn't have given him uh, this much. There was quite a big head of foam in the second latte. And it does complicate the sweetener job. It just gets stuck in that foam. There's the voice going, and I have to keep just stirring and stirring and stirring, left-handed, of course, to convey that air of intrigue. Okay, and that is it, I think, for the cafe this week. Let's wrap up with this week's internet searches. More saline rinse, fold-up beds. Guess what I'm sleeping on this Christmas? Empire of the Sun. Speaker's Corner, Tunnel of Love, Bruce Springsteen found a great live version of that. Sarah Fleetwood Mac, great song. Peak Stevie Nicks, Jack the Ripper, Lyndon Arthur, Underground Hip Hop, A Knife in the Fog with Bradley Harper, Pastiche Holmes, more of that stuff. Well, not Holmes, it's actually his creator, Conan Doyle, now in pursuit of the Ripper fiction, of course. Very good. The Assyrians, Fall of Civilization, The Longest Year in Human History. 46 BCE, in case any of you were thinking it was 2020. London Grammar, Jose Padillo, que bonito. A big Café Del Mar favourite with me since 1997. Tabletop Football Year's Christmas Special. Looks like they've made up with YouTube. Brilliant tabletop football videos. I'm looking forward to watching that in full. Later, 90s underground hip-hop. Lost and found. None of that commercial Drake business here like you find with some retired podcasters. I wonder who he could be talking about. The Carbolic uh, Smokeball Case, 1892. Lomachenko Comney, brutal fight at the weekend. That relaxing fireplace sounds. That helped calm me down at the weekend. Vitiligo beard, Tinya. And that's it. That is the end of this week's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back and keep on walking towards the sun keep washing those hands keep ventilating too i'm daniel ruiz tyson and this start of the week i have been available <laughs>